So we can all agree that God is incredible, right? What a good time of worship. Um, I just love those moments to be in such an intimate place with Jesus where you really don't understand what's going on. You can't really explain it. You know, it's like you're crying and you're like, I don't, I don't know why I'm crying. I just feel this emotion and this, this power. And um, yeah, God is just so good. He's so powerful. He's so, he's so incredible. He's on just another level of understanding that we, we can't comprehend, right? And, and there's so much power in taking that, that lack of understanding and that, that lack of knowledge and, and just turning it into a, a passion and a desire to grow in your faith with Jesus. Thank you guys for worshiping. Thank you guys for, for coming to this place every week. Yeah, amen. And tonight for just opening up your heart and receiving that, that God is incredible, that he loves us. So tonight we're going to dig into that. We're going we're gonna to kind of expand on that a little bit and just continue in this atmosphere of just the Holy, Holy Spirit and uh, just dive in. So let me pray and, and we'll get started. Jesus, we can't comprehend the way you love us, Father. But we know, God, that it's so good. It's so peaceful and it's incredible, Father. Jesus, tonight, let us open up our hearts, God, to just understand how fascinating you are. Understand how great you are. To switch our perspective in a way that we grow in faith, that we grow in prayer, and we grow in our relationship with you. Thank you, Jesus. In your mighty name we pray, Jesus Christ, amen. So guys, tonight we're going to talk about just that. Being fascinated with Jesus. How fascinating is Jesus, right? Like I said, he, he's incredible. He's on an, another level of understanding that we can't understand. He's all-knowing. He's all-powerful. The miracles he's done in Scripture, the miracles we've seen him do in this very room up front, God is absolutely fascinating. Jesus is fascinating. Amen. So if you guys remember, last time I spoke, I shared a story about a time that I went to Colorado and if you guys remember, I wasn't all that impressed. Who remembers that? I wasn't all that impressed with when I got there. You know, the hype was, was real. Everybody was excited. But I wasn't all that impressed with, like, everything, the mountains. I was kind of upset about it. But you know what I was impressed with? Look at this guy. Is that bathroom not incredible? Look at, I mean, look at the, the granite, like the marble floors and the matching and that beautiful mirror. It's like three times the size of mine at home. That toilet shaped a lot differently. I was amazed. I get to this hotel, and I'm, I'm looking at the bathroom like, wow, look at this. It's incredible. Sure, a lot of people have used that toilet, right? Sure, a lot of people have slept in the beds in the other room, right? So it's, it's a little gross. But aside from that, I was just amazed. I was awestruck by this bathroom. So meanwhile, as I'm distracted by pretty mediocre things, right, the toilet, gross, right, and the faucet, it's not real silver, you know, it's like, it's like fake. So these mediocre things are, are grabbing my attention, and meanwhile, there's this behind me. Cool, right? I took that picture. Right behind me, as I'm staring at this toilet, there's these beautiful things behind me. These mountains, I can't, I can't really explain how they got there. I mean, 
you know, science, can, we can explain it, right, with the plate tectonic, tectonic shift, right? And they're like, but, but it's incredible. I mean, that is amazing. I don't really comprehend and fully understand how that got there. It's fascinating to me. So here's another one. This is outside of my hotel. That big truck, that's the truck we rented, right outside of my hotel, right outside of my window. I'm staring at a toilet, okay? And this is right behind me. So I want to think, think of that and apply that to our lives. How often are we distracted by mediocre things in life when Jesus is right behind us? How often are we drawn to things that grab our attention but are just so much less than the real thing, the beauty and the power that's right behind us? So often we skim over the greatness of God. We hear these stories of these miracles in Scripture. We see it happen around us, and we just shrug it off. We get in the habit of ignoring real fascination, real power, things that are actually incredible. So tonight, here's what we're going to do. We're going to look at a couple stories in Scripture, probably stories we've heard before. But tonight, we're going to open our hearts to the greatness of God. We're going to come to Jesus like we just did in worship. We're going to be fascinated and surrendered to him tonight as we look at these stories. So two things we're looking for tonight. The first thing we're looking for are moments where we go, all right, hold up. Okay, that's going to look a little bit like that. I'll go back. Boom. Okay, that's going to, that's going to flash up, and then it's going to go away. Okay? The second thing we're looking for are, are patterns of prayer and faith. Times in scripture where maybe Jesus prays or someone else prays or, or um, maybe someone, men- or like Jesus mentions faith, right, to his disciples or something. When those times come up, when you hear the word prayer or faith, you guys are going to go like this, okay? Just like slip it up and put it right back down. And if you forget, I'll be like, hello, I just said prayer, okay? All right, so let's practice. Oh, uh, yeah, da, 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 and then I prayed, and then it's like, be- look at that. You guys, are, you guys are incredible, okay? So let's start with our first story. Are we ready? Are we ready to dig in and be fascinated with Jesus? Woo! All right. Matthew 14, 13 through 21. Feeding the 5,000. All right, so right off the bat, we start the story. It says, when Jesus landed, he saw a large crowd, and he had compassion for them, and he healed their sick. So Jesus is on a boat. He lands, he gets off the boat, and he heals their sick. Hmm. All right, hold up, right? Hold up. How incredible is this? Jesus rolls up on, well, I guess he floats, he, he slides up, he drifts. He drifts up on a, on a boat, right, and he gets off the boat and he starts healing people. People who can't walk, people who are lame, people who haven't been able to speak their whole life, haven't been able to hear their whole life, haven't been able to see their whole life. In a moment, they're healed miraculously and instantly. That's the first sentence of the scripture. If you've read it before, you probably were like, he healed the sick and then the next verse, right? But let's just stop and, and, and appreciate how fascinating Jesus Christ is. Okay, let's, let's get back to the story. Okay, so a day goes by, a long day of miracles and healing, right? And, and, and so everybody's hungry. So the disciples come up to, the G, to Jesus, the Jesus. He is the one and only. So they come up to Jesus, okay, and they say, hey, Jesus, everybody's getting really hungry, and they're about to head out and go, go grab some food. I think they're stopping by Taco Bell. They're going to get like a box of tacos or something. And Jesus is like, no, wait, 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 don't leave yet. I'll feed them. And the disciples are like, okay, well, well, hold up, Jesus. We, we only have five loaves of bread and two fish. 
And as the story goes, uh, you know, it's a giant crowd of people. So he says, he looks up to the heavens and he prays. Uh, You guys are paying attention, all right. After he gives thanks, after he prays, Jesus breaks up the food. Nice, good job. Into 12 baskets. And scripture says everyone eats and everyone was satisfied. Hold up. Thank you. That's what I'm talking about. Let's not just keep reading. Let's just not just keep going. Oh, what? How did, how, how did Jesus do this? He had five loaves of bread and two fish. I mean, what, what, what did a, like a local baker's inventory just poof, gone? You know? Or how about when you, ha- when you have a, a bag of fries and you take your fries out and you're eating them, you're eating them, and you're like, I got all the fries, and you look in just in case, and there's like four more down there, right? Exactly, right? How, okay, so maybe Jesus is like breaking up the, the bread, and he's like, he's got it in his arm like this, and he's like, he's like ripping off a piece and then d- dumping it in the basket, and then it, it expands in his hand, in his arm, and then he like rips off another piece. Guys, w- we can't explain how Jesus took five pieces of bread and two fish and fed thousands of people. Thousands of people. Somebody had to see this bread expand, right? Somebody had to see this happen. So it's absolutely fascinating. Jesus is fascinating. It's amazing. I don't know know how he did it. It's incredible, though. Okay, so back to the story. The story ends, and the scripture says, Jesus fed 5,000 people, not including the women and children. Exactly. 5,000 people. We still got kids and, and, and women. So we're talking 10,000, 15,000 people that Jesus fed. How incredible, how fascinating is that? What would you say? Oh, sorry. I thought you said something. <clears throat> Anyways. Guys, Jesus is, is truly fascinating. Okay. So let's move on to the next story. Whew. Matthew 14, when Jesus walks on water. Well, okay, yeah, but we're not there yet. I'm loving it, though. Okay, all right, so we're going to get there. So after, after Jesus feeds thousands of people, who knows how, Jesus tells his disciples, all right, you guys go ahead, get back on the boat, right? And then I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dismiss the crowd, and I'll meet up with you guys later. So they're like, all right, later, Jesus. So Jesus goes up on a mountainside, and he prays. Amen. Yes, he does. So he prays on this mountainside, and then the next thing he does, perfect, Jesus goes back to the boat, okay, and at this time it's dawn. So Jesus hasn't been praying all night. He goes up to the boat, perfect. He goes up to the boat, and it's dawn, so the, so the, uh, the disciples are waking up, and they look across, and they see Jesus walking on water. Exact, hold up. This man is doing what? Guys, what did that look like to be a disciple on a boat and see a man coming from, you know, it's probably like smog, you know, it's like kind of morning time and he's like coming out and he's been praying all morning and, you know, and like the glory of God is just raining on him. So he's glowing and he's walking out of this, this like this on the, on, on water of all things, right? I mean, so we're, we're more dense than water. So we sink. So what did Jesus do? Did he make himself less dense? Did he make the water more dense? I mean, did he create like a concrete path? And I don't know how he did it, but I can tell you one thing. Jesus is fascinating. Okay, so he's, he's approaching the boat, and the disciples are like, oh, that's a ghost. Right, which is hilarious because 
because they've been traveling with this guy and they've seen him do miracle after miracle, heal person after person, and they're still scared. They're still like, you can't, you can't, this is impossible, you can't do that, right? So, so Peter's like, Peter's like, all right, Jesus, if that's really you, let, let me walk on water, which I don't blame the guy because if people are running around walking on water, I'm be like, yo, teach me how to do that. I mean, that's incredible. I don't know how you're doing that. So Jesus is like, all right, go ahead and walk on water. So here's what Peter does. Takes a, takes a couple steps off the boat, and he's, he, he's walking on water. This man, <laughs> exactly, hold up. How is that possible, right? We already went through that. This is incredible. Okay, so he's taking a few steps, and then the wind blows, and it scares him, and he begins to sink. So Jesus is like, oh, no, sorry. Peter's like, Jesus, help. I'm sinking. I'm like, uh, you should be used to it, first of all, by, na- by now, because you've never walked on water before, okay? So Jesus grabs him, and he pulls him up, and he says, you of little faith, why did you doubt? Good job. So this is weird, right? Because so Jesus was, our, or Peter was already walking on water. If I, if, I, if I go up to a pool and I take a couple steps on water, you can, you can bet your, your money that I'm not going to fall, right? I'm going to be like, yeah, I'm going to start doing cartwheels on this stuff. I'm going to start taking laps around this pool, right? Because it's incredible. A little wind's not going to blow in and take me down. But here's, here's, here's what's funny. How many times, guys, how many times do we experience Jesus and begin to sink. How many times are we in the middle of God's glory, walking it out, we see it right there, and then we begin to sink? Things distract us like the wind. Things scare us. Things that really shouldn't. How many times are we right in the middle of God's goodness, of his power and his glory, and something pulls us away and makes us start to sink? It's so silly in the context of the story, but we do it every day. So let's move on to the next story in Mark 4, when Jesus calms the storm. No hold up yet. I know it's incredible. We're going to get there. All right, so my man Jesus, he's, he's taking a nap in the stern of a boat. So he's like in a little room in the bottom, and Jesus is napping. Which is awesome in itself, because if Jesus is napping, like that's, that's like biblical proof that we can nap, right? Yeah, in a, yeah, exactly. And apparently, yeah, amen. Yes, yes, God. We thank you. And, and, and if you nap, you're, you're holy now. Like, that's, that's all it takes. Jesus nap, we nap, that's it. So, okay, so meanwhile, bring it back. Meanwhile, as Jesus is napping, there's this insane storm going on, crazy storm. Waves are breaking the boat, and the disciples are cl- completely in fear for their life. So they go banging on Jesus' door, like, yo, wake up. So they say, teacher, don't you care if we drowned? So Jesus gets up. This is amazing. He rebukes the wind, and he says to the waves, quiet, be still. It, it actually happened. The storm stops, and everything is calm. You're right. Hold up. What, what was this like to be there, to be in the middle of this chaotic storm and hear Jesus say three words, and everything stops? The same voice that created those winds, created those waves, stops them. How incredible is that, guys? How fascinating is that? The power that Jesus has. Let's not just read that and keep going. Let's stop and, and give God some glory. God, you're so good. You're so incredible. You're so fascinating. Jesus is fascinating, guys. 
So after Jesus calms the storm, he looks to his disciples and he say, why are you still afraid? Do you still have no faith? That's what I'm thinking, right? After this whole journey, even though these disciples have seen miracle after miracle, and, you know, they were there, right? They were right there watching it, witnessing it. So to them, it's not just a story. It's not just scriptural truth that they believe. It's something that they saw with their own eyes. And they still don't have faith. Jesus still questions their faith. Boom, boom. Faith, faith, faith. Excellent. So uh, my idea is that the, the only reason they can't have faith is because they're distracted, right? Okay, we can stop raising our hands now. That, that's the last story, so we're good. No, no more raising our hands. I'm going to say it a couple times now. So the only reason these guys didn't have faith, I believe, is because they were distracted, right? They're distracted. They're drawn by something else. Something else is, is getting in the way of them fully experiencing and believing in Jesus Christ. So a question I want to um, think about tonight is why can the Christian life be so boring at times? Why, why do we sink when we're, we're in the middle of God's glory? Why do we act out in doubt and fear? Why do these things not seem so fascinating at times? Maybe tonight you heard these stories and it wasn't that incredible to you. You know, you weren't that impressed. And here's what I want to offer. A couple of things. I think, one, it's because we're distracted. We're fascinated, we're fixated on other things. And how do we get fascinated with things in the first place? Right, there's this interest that starts. We take that interest and, and we go further, we get to know whatever it is. You know, maybe it's, I don't know, like cars and trucks. Or maybe it's like makeup. Or, or maybe switch it around, cars and trucks, makeup. Right? So we, we take this interest and we turn it into like a study and we get to know it, we get to know it, we spend time doing it and doing it until we have this obsession with it. And it becomes something we see everywhere, something we do everywhere. And that's what I want to offer. Take that distraction and, do, and apply that to your relationship with Christ. Look for Jesus, right? Like I was just recently shopping for a new car and whenever I had like my eyes on a car, I would see it everywhere, so you guys, we need to be shopping for Jesus, right? We need to be looking for Jesus, wanting Jesus, and we'll, we'll begin to see him everywhere. We'll start to see how fascinating he is in our lives. The second thing of the three, you know, Jesus mentioned a lot of times in these stories, where's your faith? Why do you have no faith? Do you still have no faith? thought we were done with that. So this is what I want to offer. The second thing to, to having a fascination with Christ, to fighting that, that maybe ex experience where you, you're finding your relationship with Christ a little boring. Make efforts to build your faith. Do things to increase in faith, increase in your knowledge and your understanding of Jesus Christ. How can we accuse God of not revealing things to us when we won't even read scripture, right? When we won't even give him, give him our hearts and, and our pride and our insecurities and we won't just hand it over to him and say, Jesus, move in my life. I'm gonna claim you as truth in my life and I'm gonna increase in faith. Here's the third thing. What did Jesus do before he walked on water? 
Even Jesus spent time in prayer a whole night. How human is that? How incredible is that, guys? And then right afterwards, he looks like a ghost. He's walking on water, right? What is God going to do in our lives when we spend time in prayer? And that's the third thing. We have to prioritize time with Jesus. I mean, Jesus was done with healing all day long, and he still, he didn't go to bed. He didn't go to sleep. He walked up. He he said, go to the boat, and I'm going to go spend time in prayer. And that's what we need to do. At the end of a long work day or a long school day, right, long play day, we need to meet with Jesus. We need to prioritize that time and see what God will do.